Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine and Women, the podcast. I'm your host, Sydney May. Here's to conversations with women for everyone. Hey, friends. Hi, how are you? Um, it is Sydney. Welcome back to another episode of Wine and Women. We're we're going strong. We're <laughs> consistent for right now. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. I think we're going to be covering some some good stuff. I think we'll have a nice, good wine chat for this episode. Um, I guess I can start this episode off with some little life updates, which is, um, nothing really, (laughs) not much is really happening in my personal life. Um, I'm just working, you know, working on the podcast and getting some shoots in to build my book. Um, yeah, just doing what I usually do, staying inside, working, working on myself, you know, the huge. I just got a notification that the podcast has surpassed 150 downloads, so that's pretty cool. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has been listening and who have started this journey with me. I really appreciate it. Um, this past weekend, I did an Instagram live with some of the Wine and Women listeners, and so that was pretty fun. Uh, it got a little wild, but that's fine. Um, I think I want to do those more often, but how I want to do it I think I want to um kind of set up like zoom calls since you can have a pretty good number of people in those at a time and um with the podcast being the size that it is right now I think it'd be really nice and like intimate to just you know all have like a zoom call give us something to do on the weekend since it's not like we're going out and stuff well we shouldn't be going out um (laughs) and you know just have wine together and just chat either about um that week's episode or just in general like so that you guys can get to know me and you know just chat be friends because that's what I want this to feel like when you're listening to the podcast like you're just hanging out and chatting with a good friend of yours so but yeah nothing really all that new going on in my life at the moment just still consuming all that all the news and the social medias and all that shit I mean obviously recently the topic of conversation in the media is the vaccine which we just officially got um what like today (laughs) I don't even know um well today being Monday you guys are not listening to this until Wednesday but yeah so we officially have a vaccine in the U.S. of course there's still so much work to do as far as getting it to you know, high priority people like essential workers and the people that are most at risk, like el- like the elderly population um, or people with uh, certain health concerns that can really um, be affected negatively by the virus. So that's been an interesting conversation to get into and read about. And everyone's like concerns, rightfully so, in my opinion, and just seeing who is for and against the vaccine and why, because that's really I I totally, I totally get it. I know that I was, you know, with vaccines, people are so concerned with the side effects and how their body's, you know, going to react to it and all of that. And so I've been doing a lot of research on that. 
But all I could find really through the New York Times was that like the FDA stated that they haven't found any specific safety concerns or side effects. So that's good. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Who knows? But yeah, this vaccine is making history. Like with vaccines usually taking years to develop and this one coming out only like, well, less than a year after the virus actually hit the U.S. is pretty, um, pretty amazing. That time frame is also why some people are having some trust issues with it. So, I mean, like, I don't think we're going to see a dramatic change in numbers, especially right away. And, you know, a large number of people are still like predicted to get infected and actually, you know, pass from covid but i i think ideally we want to see a a decline then eventually fewer and fewer people will catch it which results in fewer fewer people passing it on flattening the curve and you know overall number of cases um declining for sure speaking of the vaccine actually let's chat about the fact that dr fauci used emphasizing the fact that one of the lead scientists uh, who helped create the vaccine was a black woman as a tactic to gain trust from the public. Uh, that was that was interesting. And I'm not going to lie, I had to giggle because with how black women have been treated by society, you want us to be your savior now? Ooh. Make it make sense. Like, black women and well, black people in general are not mascots. So cut it the fuck out. And I know, like, the doctor herself, I apologize, I don't even know her name, but I, I looked it up earlier before I was recording just so I make sure I was, like, fact-checking myself and just kind of looking up the news around her. But uh, the doctor herself has been under a lot of fire, actually, for some of her past choice of words and past tweets or something like that where she allegedly tweeted out some offensive things towards black people as a black woman she's like tweeting offensive shit about the black or towards the black community but I know that she eventually like (laughs) she obviously like went back and tried to like cover her tracks and delete some tweets and then she just ended up deleting like her entire twitter account and starting a new one so that people could stop digging up shit on her so that obviously Um, did not make the black community very happy and it certainly didn't (laughs) instill any trust with it you know I don't know where they thought they were going with that but uh it it didn't it didn't land it didn't land but yeah any hoosies we're gonna just move on to the wine of the night um the wine of this evening this week whatever I have been uh, so horrible at posting the bottles of wine on the page like when I need to which is when the episode releases but I'm, I'm I'm working on it guys I'm so sorry I promise I will be better so for tonight's wine I am sipping on a Vieux Rouge so a French red it is another one of those really affordable bottles from Trader Joe's if you were around for last week's episode I was talking about uh the Cote de Rhone that I got from Trader Joe's is like seven dollars and this I'm pretty sure is seven dollars as well really really good it has like hints of red berries very light smooth definitely on the sweeter side I would say sweeter than the Cote de Rhone if you did try that it's a wine that is good for people who love easy drinking but also it's good with food as well for it to be a lighter wine so like a light pasta dish or something like a light red sauce pasta dish so yeah that's a little bit about that wine and I will post 
the bottle on the Instagram page in a timely manner this time so you guys can go ahead and look at it for photo reference and maybe check it out. Um, before we get into everything, I would like to insert a disclaimer. We will be discussing things such as anxiety, depression, um, some really, you know, emotional topics that are related to the Black Lives Matter movement of this year and um, some of the people who did, um, some of the lives that were lost that really turned the Black Lives Matter movement into what it was in 2020. So if that is something that is very triggering for you and already sounds like overwhelming, you don't think that you could actually sit here and listen to it for right now, that is totally fine. I understand. Please don't. Um, but I just wanted to insert this disclaimer slash trigger warning um, so that you guys are, you know, kind of have a good idea of what you're getting into. So just listen at your own risk, but please be kind to yourself. And like I said, if it's something that you don't think you should hear right now, then don't. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a backstory quick. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of take you back to last fall. I made my first move to Chicago last fall. Um, I was back and forth between Chicago and Nebraska for about four months. And my actual full-time move was planned for March 1st of this year of 2020. So I moved to Chicago in in March, um, on March 1st, actually. And the lockdown started like the week before St. Patty's Day. So I was here for about two ish, not even maybe two weeks um, before quarantine. And then as we all know, like a couple weeks into quarantine, I think we all soon realized that this wasn't going to be just a two week thing. And with that shit really started to get rocked. Um, My move to my apartment plans fell through. Um, The person I was staying with had to move out and go back home I lost a side job I was doing at the time. I eventually ran out of money and I had the weight of feeling like a burden to the one person that I was quarantining with. Um, That's just kind of, I just wanted to, you know, preface what I'm getting into with that so you guys know where I am like timeline wise. So yeah, I moved here last fall and around winter time I was back in Nebraska and you know, with it being the time frame that it was, you know, the winter, I mean, I've never been professionally diagnosed and I really try to avoid self-diagnosing. However, I've always noticed a change within myself and my mental and emotional health declining come the colder months, which is commonly known as SAD or seasonal affective disorder. Um, but yeah, so with everything that was going on and it being fall going into the brutal winter that Nebraska and Chicago both have, you know, on top of all of that, I had a few different things going on in my personal life that were just consuming my mind, which obviously affected other areas of my life, like my motivation to work, um, you know, work on my businesses and, other things that I had going for me. And, you know, shit like that happens all the time. Like sometimes personal life events affect those things, causing us to fall behind on our original plans. So, uh, kind of sort of coming out of that, I went into trying to start a new chapter in my life, moving to Chicago and then boom, Rona. 
I would say quarantine happened, yeah, like the week of St. Patty's Day. And so I would say like mid to late March was when I really started to notice my mental health starting to decline again. Slowly but surely, it became harder to get out of bed at a decent time because I was laying there consuming all this negativity from the media. It was like I was just falling deeper and deeper into this black hole with no end, just shit after shit after shit after shit. And I know you all know what I'm talking about. It it just seemed never ending with um, new numbers coming out in um, new information on different cases and how it's affecting people and people that have you know, passed from this virus. Um, So yeah, like just, like I said, it was just a continuous consumption of shit. Come April, I was, I was really struggling. Um, I was in this mentality where I was questioning everything about myself and my life. I had no idea what to do or I had no idea what to expect from life itself. I mean, and when I feel, when I feel like I have lost complete control over my life, I, I just start to spiral, dude. Like we never have full control over our lives, but feeling completely powerless and helpless in what to do with my own life can be very devastating for me. The will to stay strong and fight the emotions was just nowhere to be found. I didn't know if I should pursue my modeling career anymore because the entire industry had shut down. I didn't feel safe nor fair by booking clients to photograph. And my one and only social media client at the time dropped out because they could no longer afford me due to the issues that they were facing because of the pandemic. And, you know, my friends and family, also my support system were states away and I felt alone. Um, it just, you know, it, it, it sucked. I mean, I am someone who typically enjoys being alone. I mean, I'm very comfortable with very little to no human interaction, to be completely honest. I'm just, I've just always been one to keep to myself and, you know, socialize when I need to. Like, I would say that I'm an ambivert that leans a little bit more towards being introverted. So the lack of human interaction wasn't really the main issue but I think it was the fact that I didn't have the option that was making me feel the way that I did um, or contributing to the way I felt and you know as we got a little deeper into quarantine my anxiety started to be the first and last event of every single day I didn't look forward to starting a day to just feel lost for the entirety of it and I didn't look forward to going to bed because I knew I'd wake up to what seemed like an unending cycle. Like it was it was uh pretty sad actually. It was kind of like I was going through each day on autopilot and everything started to become so repetitive that I felt like I wasn't progressing in life, but I was losing so much time, if that makes any sense. And if I would start to work on something, I could never finish it. And the amount of time that I was working on something or trying to invest myself in it, the amount of time that I was giving it just kept getting shorter and shorter. It wasn't long after that this all led me to falling into depression again. Um, Depression and anxiety have been a part of my life since 
I would say like elementary ages, really. The older I get, though, the more I'm learning how to control it, in a sense, and I'm learning what triggers it and what I can do to accept it, embrace it, and work through it. I mean, there was a time in my life where I would fall into a depressive state and it was very hard for me to see the end of it and I allowed myself to dwell in it. But towards the end of April, April 20th to be exact, in just under two months of me moving to Chicago, I ended up moving back to Nebraska. At the time, I I thought this was the best option for me to, you know, kind of just regain my footing and I felt like I could only do that in a place where I already had a foundation built. You know, like I I had some of my family there and my friends and I had a clientele there, you know, all of that, like familiar grounds. So in, you know, hindsight 2020, this was the right and best decision I could have made for myself at that time. And, you know, not just for myself, but more importantly, my mental health. So, I mean, it it didn't help... (laughs) my god I mean it didn't help that I got in a car accident literally my first day back as I was like a couple blocks from dropping off the rental car but at the same time like I wasn't even surprised (laughs) like I felt like life was already beating my ass so I was like yep this this seems about right what else you got for me (laughs) um sorry I needed to goof a little it's just like my nature but and you know of course my mental health didn't just make a 180s once I was there it actually got even uglier and darker before it got better I just I just couldn't shake the feeling that I had failed I felt like moving back to Nebraska was several step backwards for me and that I would end up feeling stuck there again like falling back into my old ways and you know where I was just stagnant and no progression in areas of my life that I really wanted to grow you know for example my modeling career being a fashion photographer and just you know being that city girl that little Sydney has always wanted and dreamed of and you know I was I felt like I had it and then it was just snatched away from me and that was that was really hard to swallow. Like, you know, I've always been one to challenge myself and push myself to this point. Just, you know, to know that I could and, you know, I could go after my dreams and I had what it took to do that, basically. Everything that I do and the things that I push myself for are mainly for me because I have held myself, I have held my own self. <laughs> I don't know if that's grammatically correct, but I've held myself back for so long that moments like this just hit like a little harder and so the weight of my own self-criticism continued to just cripple me along with the anxiety and depression I was already trying to um handle or, or balance yeah I mean one day I woke up you know in Nebraska and decided that I had had enough like I was so fucking tired of feeling sad all the time and I was done wasting precious time that I could be utilizing to further myself mentally and emotionally um instead of just feeling sorry for myself and sleeping throughout the day to just get through the day you you know what I'm saying and I don't know why but one day I just I went on a run (laughs) 
something about that run made me feel so motivated to get my shit together. I mean, I did all the cliche things. Like I started moving my body more, spending more time in the sun. Um, now that the warmth finally started to make an appearance again. And I took care of my body by eating well and, you know, but still treating myself with things that made me smile, like, you know, eating burgers and fries and, you know, buying myself candles. And, you know, like those are like kind of my things that make me happy. And with that, I reclaimed my goals list. And, you know, I'm a huge, huge advocate for making lists or some some physical representation of my goals, like uh, like vision boards. So I'm doing my thing and got my vision board all set up and I I got my goals list rewritten and I'm, you know, refocusing on that and all of that. So, you know, I'm doing my thing. Like I'm doing my thing (laughs) and it's making each day more and more approachable. I, I even ended up getting hired somewhere to get that cash flow going again. So that felt amazing. Um, And I was working with people that I actually really enjoyed working with. The job itself, like I, I learned a lot and it was something new for me and that made me feel better about myself. And, you know, so things are, are going, like they're getting better and waking up and I have a plan for the day, you know. And then BLM happened again. But something about the BLM movement of 2020 hit differently. Um, it hit harder. It ignited a flame within myself that I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. I mean, I still wasn't completely out of my depressive state, but I at least saw the progression and my anxiety had just chilled the fuck out a little bit just as all of this shit was starting to take over the media. And, oh, virtually witnessing the death of Ahmaud Arbery, and then very soon after, George Floyd sent me back into a dark place. Um, A place of helplessness and feeling powerless, rage, um, sadness, and yet this, like, belligerent, just, like, ready to fight. Like it, it was so many emotions mixed all into itself that it, it, it was so overwhelming. It was, it was the watching Ahmad just crumble to the ground and George taking his last breath that really and truly fucked with me. Um, I just couldn't believe that. I, I could not believe that shit like that was just still happening and it, it still is happening. And uh, again, like in the beginning of COVID, I fell into this self-torturous phase of consuming this horrific fucking content of black people being slaughtered and lynched and broad fucking daylight. Like, it was the most infuriating and devastating and heartbreak like I you there's so many words that you could say about it and how it made you feel but it will never do it justice because it is just that we shouldn't be witnessing stuff like that I guess is um what I'm trying to say that's not normal it is not normal every time the BLM torch is lit it affects me in some way mentally and emotionally but this was different I 
I remember protesting alongside brothers and sisters and allies and something so beautiful, so powerful, something so damn terrible, yet amazing to be a part of because I, there shouldn't be protests. I shouldn't be having to, we shouldn't have to march for equality and demand equality as humans. And we shouldn't have to beg people to stop killing us. And so all of that is a mind fuck in its own, you know? But yeah, you, like I said, something so, so terrible yet amazing um, to be a part of. There were so many beautiful moments um, standing next to people fighting for something that you wholeheartedly believe in and are passionate about. And then in the same breath, it turned into a very real experience that um, was awakening for me. I That's the best word I can come up with, but... To go from an outcry to stop killing us to our lives being threatened while doing so, all hell broke loose. You know, seeing that support from your community to being trapped in a cloud of tear gas and a wall of rubber bullets for damn near like three fucking hours. So, so many emotions being abused in such a short period of time again. I remember crying and fainting and catching my breath the entire ride back to Lincoln from Omaha after we were finally able to get back to the car and, and get out of there. But that wasn't the end of it. It was far from it, actually. It, I mean, the next morning, I made my way to the state capitol steps to stand and protest peacefully. And, you know, the one in Omaha started off peacefully, but then it turned into what it did. My anxiety was just so jacked for several reasons during this. I mean, a few being, one, protesting against racism or white supremacy in a red state like Nebraska automatically puts you at risk. Two, the backlash you're getting from your community and, you know, the loss of friends and even backlash from your own family because they're concerned for your safety. And three, the emotional roller coaster of small wins and huge losses and what you were fighting for. All of that, you know, the constant kicking of black people while they're down, it was a mind fuck. Like, it was, it was insane, dude. It was so insane. Overwhelming is an understatement. Like, I can't, I can't even, I don't have a word. I mean, I was trying to do my part and stand with my people, fighting, helping educate people who wanted to be an ally, all while trying to keep myself sane, balancing everyday life at the same time. Making sure I can make it into work so that I can pay my bills and get back on my feet and get my finances in order. And then I have all of this shit. And I say that, like, I know I need to chill on, like, always apologizing for what I say, but I'm not obviously pinning this on me like I'm the only one going through this. And if you think that, that's highly unfortunate, but that's not what I'm saying. And I hope you guys can understand where I'm coming from. But yeah, I mean trying to balance all that shit I mean this is why you saw all over social media people saying like make sure your black friends are okay because it was just too fucking much for any one person to handle I think we were all able to finally take a second to breathe once the rioting and the looting started to calm down a bit and you know people were becoming more educated on the matter and especially as far as separating the BLM protesters from people who were just taking advantage of the movement by the whole looting and looting and rioting shit and you know using our pain for Instagram content and all that 
oh my god honestly I feel like this whole year has been people holding their breath and once they finally (laughs) get the chance to exhale they're getting suffocated like all over again um with what I have referred to numerous times as the buffoonery of 2020 I don't know about you guys but I definitely had a couple mental breakdowns between all of this shit and if you have that is okay I mean I would think I think I'd be more concerned if people weren't breaking down over this. Well, I am concerned with the people who aren't affected by what's going on in our country and they don't know how to react to, they have no emotion towards it. Like if you can sit there and watch all that shit happen to other human beings and not shed one tear, I, I'm concerned. (laughs) Now let's fast forward to the next and more recent mindfuck of 2020, the election. It was a drag. It was exhausting. I think poor mental health or like anxiety or depression, people who don't even have experience with that, I think it even affected them mentally and emotionally. Like for me, it was extremely, extremely emotional because I remember where I was when, you know, like Trump got elected. I was working at a bar and when they announced that he was the president and to hear this gut filled screech of this woman because she was just terrified for people that she loved being affected by him being elected as the president so coming into 2020 and this presidential election I was worried for so many different groups of people and for my family and you know myself that it was it was really hard thing to experience and just know that if you were having a hard time like I was during the election you were not alone trust me it was it was hard for everyone on all sides, really. I mean, as we know, uh, you know, Republicans or people who were upset by uh, Trumpster's loss, they're going through their own hard time, too. But, you know, of course, that's just my opinion as far as me thinking that everyone was affected mentally by this. But it, it really doesn't help that we are still dealing with the aftermath of the election in December. Like, <laughs> there's votes still being counted in fucking December. Like I, I had to cut social media out of my life for a little bit because everything again was becoming too much for me to handle on the daily. I know for many people other than myself, it was hard to even think or focus on anything else once the election started. But I just, I I couldn't afford to do that all over again. I couldn't afford to lose focus and lose myself and get behind again so I had to keep working on the things that I needed to to keep myself afloat like you know building my book and getting clients to book me you know making money to live to live and and getting the podcast released even like I I didn't want the hardships of this year to keep pushing my life aside you know while I'm on the subject of the election and its aftermath before I uh, move on from this Does anyone else find it just a little humorous that we got so much flack for the BLM protests um, because people were blaming that for all the violence, but now white supremacists find it necessary to violently protest voting fraud with no evidence? I mean, I I can't be the only one who had a a chuckle because that, oh my God. But anywho, I'm sharing this with you all my um, mental health journey of 2020 because I know I'm not alone and I want you all to know that you are not alone and never have been alone in this. Whether you you felt that way or not, I mean, 
there is nothing wrong with opening up about your mental health struggles and how you're feeling and you know with people that you're close with and trust like please open up if anything anxiety and depression are very real and don't for a second feel ashamed for experiencing it if you if you kept your distance from everything that I was just talking about to protect your mental health I get it I really do but on the same token that also doesn't make the problems go away that was a really big issue of mine was um, ignoring or suppressing and not really embracing how I was feeling and I would let it build up to the point to where I just started to drown in my emotions and then eventually I would just implode speaking for myself of course and what I've done to take care of myself and my mental health has been ever-changing depending on the situation really like when I when I feel myself getting overwhelmed or slipping in a depressive state I take a break I turn off my phone Uh, for me writing helps so much so I like to write out what is consuming my brain and most importantly I I think about what I do have going for me you know I I do have a roof over my head. I do have family and my family's health. I have my health. I have people that truly care for me and um, people that I truly care for. I have the little things in life that make me feel at peace, like taking coffee walks in the morning in the city or, you know, my new little podcast community that has potential to become something more. And I have my will to keep going. And that's all I can truly ask for. I think that knowing that you have gotten yourself out of a dark or low place once before has a significant place in the strength that you have to do it again. And um, if if this year was the first time you ever experienced any sort of anxiety or depression or just feeling lost and um, just tremendous lack of motivation again like it's it's okay and I I know that new feelings and if it's something that you've never experienced before I can understand how hard that could um, be to handle it for the first time but if I could say one thing is that it doesn't last forever even when it feels like it very well could it it doesn't I promise for those listening who feel like they have no one to go to and brain dump and you know just let it out at the risk of sounding corny like you have me you truly truly do this is this is me inviting anyone who needs someone to talk to I know I can't fix it all for you and I may not have much to say um, but if you need to just simply be heard by someone let me be at least that for you you would be surprised how just knowing that someone is listening to you can help you feel safe again um safe within your emotions and safe with your mentality um so yeah I just wanted to throw that out there like I've said before like my dms or my email the wine and women pod at gmail.com email is completely open to anyone who wants to be heard and wants to share their story or their thoughts or opinion and anything they're always open Okay. (laughs) I know that might have been a little exhausting um, to hear and digest because it certainly was for me sharing it, but that's, that is okay. I, like I said, I, I'm here to share my stories and experiences and thoughts with you guys. And 
I think knowing that what I go through personally and have dealt with and how I handled it, just knowing that there's a possibility that that could make one person feel not alone is enough um, for me to want to share pieces of me like that. So yeah, um, moving on, I asked you guys to send in any questions and or stories, all things being mental health related, just in case you guys um, wanted a little bit of my mediocre yet useful advice. So (laughs) what I like to view as useful anyway. So yeah, let's go ahead and get right into the listener write-ins of the week. Okay, this is what our first listener wrote in. Mental health in 2020 effects. Anxiety, 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 and depression. It's been hard to be consistent with my goals, whether it's health-wise, physical, or spiritually. I've had to push myself to just work at times. I've been diagnosed with depression for the second time from two different doctors, but I'm glad I have a supportive family that listens, which I think is great. Um, That last part, I was talking about that earlier, how it's so important to make sure that you have healthy outlets like friends and family that you can take some time to just, you know, have a conversation with and be with. And I think it's amazing that even though this person is in a lower place, that they can still recognize the positives being that they have their family support. Okay, and here's another write-in from a listener. Specifically with 2020, my mental health was tested. I'm an incredibly social human being, and for the first time in a long time, it was as though I was forced to be one-on-one with myself. While I have been on a journey to better myself and love myself the way I love others, I was not ready to be by myself with myself. This was a foreign zone and somewhat uncomfortable. I had bouts of anxiety, increased self-medication, and extreme loneliness. I didn't like it, not one bit. But then I decided to quit fighting the inevitable and decided to take myself on dates. Drives to sing at the top of my lungs, walks along the lake reflecting on why I am important enough to hang out with myself and fall in love with myself. I have adjusted and I actually like hanging out with me now. I am still very much a social being and definitely fill my bucket by being around those I adore. I have become more aware of when time, to me, is needed. That transition was uncomfortable and quite frankly, uninvited. But I am grateful. 2020 has been a blessing in disguise and I believe I'll come out of it a much better human. I absolutely love that because like I was mentioning earlier, although I am pretty comfortable um, being by myself, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm enjoying, you know, myself. It's more just like being by myself and focusing on other things other than myself. So I really hope that a lot of people um, can relate to this, actually, in, a, in the sense that I hope that you really took this time of COVID to really get to know yourself. And um, it really pointed out what's important to you. And kind of it, it kind of forces us like this listener, it kind of forces us to um, have our own backs when you know, shit like this goes down. So I think that's, I think that's great. And I loved hearing her um, different ways that she practiced self love and what she did to get to know herself more and eventually falling in love with herself which is a huge goal of mine, actually. I think that's amazing. Now I'm going to answer a couple questions. I still am going to keep this to just a couple questions because um, of the 
lengthiness of the episode already. I would like to answer more questions in a later episode, but I think that once we grow a little bit, I would like to dedicate an entire episode to listener questions so that we can just cover that as a whole. But here's a couple. The first question is, how do you deal with self-comparison? This is something that I have and actually still do deal with today. Being in the modeling industry alone has definitely played a part in how I compare myself to others. The first thing that I did that helped me really was um, acknowledging it. Recognizing when, I, when I'm when i doing it and the specifics of it. Like, what about myself exactly? Am I comparing to this person? This may sound a little silly, but when I notice myself comparing myself to others, I ask, I ask myself, you know, how do you think younger Sydney would feel knowing this is how you're treating yourself now? Because for me, asking that's myself that question is important because I know what I expected of myself now when I was much younger. And I know there was a very specific person that I wanted to be and grow into. And when I fall into those self-comparison tendencies, I can only imagine how disappointing that would be to my younger self. So that's why I asked myself that question. And then I just, when I start comparing, I just like cut myself off. Then I tried to refocus on the things that I actually really like about myself. What makes me me, you know? There's really no straight answer, but I can say that when I'm feeling really good about myself, dare I even say loving myself, I'm not comparing myself to anyone. Well, okay, so maybe self-love is the answer. Learning to love yourself, I think, will eventually help anyone to stop comparing themselves to others. Because when you love yourself, you're not worried about what other people are doing or you're not focusing on what other people have that you don't. This also kind of goes with the next question, which is how do you deal with feeling behind in life? I'm guessing that you think you're behind because you're comparing your journey to others. Um, Timing can be everything and nothing at the same time, in my opinion. Like the deadlines that we give ourselves are pressured by societal standards. And I don't think that's fair. You are not behind in life. In fact, you're exactly where you need to be. But if you don't like where you are, then what are you doing to change that? Are you taking steps that will get you closer to where you want to be in life? I mean, guys, this is literally my life quote. I I live by, well, I live by two quotes. One, do what you have to do now so that you can do what you want later. And every day I ask myself, what can I do today that will get me closer to where I want to be tomorrow? So I just remind myself of those two things and go from there when I start to convince myself that I'm behind in life. I actually want to share one more story before I wrap this episode up because I think it's from a very interesting perspective. Um, that we haven't shared yet. So this is what this listener wrote in. I think the biggest thing for me has been trying to keep my kids engaged and spirits up. This year has impacted them significantly more than myself due to them not being able to really interact with friends or do normal kid stuff. I can definitely see the toll it's taken. My son was jamming the kazoo kid and told me he was moving to Norway. My daughter just clocks out and ignores everyone and everything, which is not her typical self. She is a social butterfly like her mama. They both are. So when you feel powerless as a parent, it's a bit depressing. A parent never wants their child to experience any kind of pain, physical, mental, or emotional. We are the protectors. I felt like I haven't been able to protect them from the mental and emotional toll the pandemic has caused. I know I've done the best I can, as do they. 
They tell me all the time how proud or how much they love me as I do them. But I definitely pray and wish that things turn around sooner than later. I wanted to share this because this is definitely a perspective that I do not have because I'm not a mother. And I can't imagine the pressure that parents are going through the pandemic with their children in the house and, you know, kind of trying to keep your home together, even though work, school and home are all now in one place. But yeah, I wanted to share that one because it was a different perspective that I do not have myself because I am not a parent and I can't imagine the amount of pressure that parents, especially single parents, um, and what they're going through during during all of this. Okay, guys, um, that wraps up episode three of Wine and Women. Thank you, thank you to everyone who wrote into the show and asked questions and shared their stories. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I'm so, it makes makes my heart happy that you are um, getting involved in the show. And I hope we as a community just continue to grow. So thank you so much for tuning in and having a glass of wine with me. If you did, if you didn't, still, thank you so much for listening. Um, for Wine of the Week, check out the Wine and Women Instagram page at Wine and Women Pod. And to just stay up to date with the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and rate it. I would really, really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you again so much for listening. And I'll see you guys in next week's episode. Ciao.